Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, for a chance to be in your house to worship you, uh, to open our hearts and our lives to you. We pray, Father, that as we listen and as we share and as we uh, sing your praises that you would speak in and through us, uh, that together we might hear your voice and celebrate your love. Uh, We pray, Father, for those who came this morning broken, um, hurting, afraid, sick. We pray, Father, that your spirit would come upon them and give them peace, healing, and wholeness. We thank you, Lord, for those who come rejoicing. We pray, Father, that you would lift them even closer to you, that together we might celebrate your love this morning and give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Judges chapter 17 as we continue our study in the book of Judges. This will be the last week. By the way, next week is the first Sunday of Lent, which means it's almost Easter, which means it's almost winter. Yeah. Yeah, winter part two. Yeah, and God has been so good to us, right? Giving us a little taste of what that's going to be like uh, and uh, opening us up, I hope, to his spirit. As we look at this morning's passage, uh, uh, we, we come to the end result of all that we've seen in the book of Judges. As we moved from God appointing judges to judges being given by majority rule and then to this point here uh, where everyone decides what's right. And in, verse, in seven, chapter 17, verse 1, we read, Now a man named Micah from the hill country of Ephraim said to his mother, The 11 shekels of, the 1100 shekels of silver that were taken from you and about which I have heard you utter a curse, I have that silver with me. I took it. And his mother said, The Lord bless you, my son. And when he returned the 1100 shekels of silver to his mother, she said, I solemnly consecrate my silver to the Lord for my son to make a carved image and a cast idol. I will give it back to you. So he returned the silver to his mother, and she took 200 shekels of silver and gave them to a silversmith who made them into the image and the idol, and they were put in Micah's house. Now this man Micah had a shrine, and he had made an ephod and some idols and installed one of his sons as his priest. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. Pray together. Lord Jesus, we do need you. You know very well the world of confusion and conflict that we live in. A world in which people walk down the street afraid and alone, and broken. Lord Jesus, you stepped into this world many years ago to come and bring us peace, to come and give us your presence, and to come and heal our brokenness. And so, Lord Jesus, we open our lives to you this morning. Lord, there are pieces we may not want to see. We pray that you would help us to see them for what they are, and that you would come and begin to transform us, that we might get closer to you, and by getting closer to you, become more like you. We pray, Father, that our hearts and our minds would be open as we listen, not to my words, Lord, but to yours. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, but by your incredible grace. And so we pray, Father, 
that you would come, that we would hear, that we would be changed by you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I see this everywhere, don't you? Uh, the old do-it-yourself sign, uh, D-I-Y. My pen sticking out, thank you. Um, do it yourself, and we, we, we have this everywhere, and I was amazed, uh, we were at my uh, sister-in-law's house one day, and the kids decided they wanted to uh, put together an engine, uh, and so they didn't know exactly how to do it, so they, they got online, and they Googled it, and they saw YouTube videos, and I thought, wow, I mean, my day, you had to go find a book, <laughs> and it was usually better if you could find someone who's done it before. And today, we do a lot of things ourselves, right? Why? Because we can. We have the technology. We have the understanding. We have uh, more resources. It's an incredible time in which we live, in which we can do many things ourselves. But you know what I discovered? A lot of things, when I try to do them myself, they require special tools. Have you ever noticed that? Well, if you have this tool, it works perfectly, um, and, and you can put it together perfectly, or, or you need a, a special um, ingredient. And so what I've discovered is a lot of the things that I thought were going to turn out just right kind of fell apart. So uh, on, on Facebook, it looked good, and, and I, I thought, boy, you could really make this easily, and then when you make it, it's, oh man, uh, nailed it, as they say. Uh, or or I, I like this one, you know, it was going to work. And if it didn't work at first, we're going to make it work. Why? Because I can do it myself. Uh, we live in a do-it-yourself world. Um, unfortunately, what we see in the book of Judges is that's where they land, isn't it? Um, the judges originally, as we started this study, we saw judges called by God. We saw great victory as God worked in, in and through these leaders that he, he appointed, that he, he called, that he walked with, that he led. And incredible things happened. Um, and then we saw how that kind of degenerated and, and the people decided who, were gonna, who was going to be their leaders. And they decided. The majority ruled, right? And, and that sounded great and it sounded good. Unfortunately, um, what they found was they didn't often pick the best leaders or the right leaders, and certainly not the God-led leaders. And so what we come to now is the uh, do-it-yourself leaders. Um, and we saw that somewhat in Samson. And this morning, um, we see where this all leads. In chapter 17, verse 6, that last verse we read, in those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did it themselves. They did it themselves. And this is clearly set out by the guy named Micah. Uh, this guy decided he could do spirituality himself. So he came up with his do-it-yourself spirituality. And what's interesting about it is as he started to do his do-it-yourself spirituality, as he decided he was going to do it his own way, do it his way because he thought his way was best, he found himself stuck and struggling with his own values. And his values became confused. It's like this guy. Veganism is unhealthy, and yet he lives off McDonald's. Uh, and, and Micah is the same way, right? He, he's what you call an honest thief, right? He stole money from his own mother. And when she complained about it enough, he decided he'd give it back. And so she says, oh, bless you, my son. I'm thinking, what is wrong with this woman? Clearly, she's not my mother, 
and probably not many of yours. Uh, but, but somehow in there, he decided what he did was okay, and he returned it, therefore it's twice as okay. He, he did it himself, and when you start doing it yourself, when you start deciding for yourself, then you're going to find yourself in a number of struggles of values, conflict of values. Because the problem with doing it yourself is you don't see things from a clearly objective perspective. Everything you see is subjective. It comes out of your experience, out of what you've seen, what you've experienced. But the world is so much greater than what we've seen and what we've experienced. And so we begin to look at others. We begin to judge them by who they are or by the color of their skin or by what they've done. And we we start placing judgments upon them and we lose sight of our own struggles and our own trials and our own um, values struggles. Uh, I I love this this little cartoon. Uh, Here's the the, uh, cookie monster at the computer and he's reading. It says, delete cookies. (laughs) Why would you ever want to do that? Uh, and, And you see that struggle right there. You see, uh, what's best for him is to delete the cookies off his computer, but he's the cookie monster. Why would you ever want to delete cookies? But there are times when it's important to delete cookies. You see, if we judge for ourselves, if we try to do it ourselves, we don't have the whole story. We don't have the whole understanding. And so we become confused in our values. Our values become warped. And, and, and so we come to these places where we think, uh, I believe this, but then I see this situation, so I'm not sure how I'm going to, to um, justify both of those. So, so what we see here is, is Micah trying to be honest and yet being a thief. And so if he's going to judge someone else, how's he going to judge whether they're a thief or whether they're honest? He has no basis for doing that. And Micah finds himself in that struggle. I'm afraid we find ourselves in that struggle. For you see, there are times when we want to decide for ourselves what's right and what's wrong, what's best and what's not so good. And because we do that, we end up looking at others and judging others. And when we judge others, we fail to see what the struggle is in our own lives. This morning, I encourage you to stop a minute and ask yourself, where do my values really contradict one another? A lot of people make a big deal about illegal immigrants because they're illegal, they're breaking the law, and yet at the same time, they have no problem going at least five miles over the speed limit when they go down the road. Is that illegal? Some of you are shaking your heads, no. Wait a minute. (laughs) And therein lies the rub, isn't it? Where where do you draw those lines? Brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, we serve a God of mercy and of grace, but he's also a God of justice. And he has given us the truth. If we're willing to be open to the truth, then he can begin to clarify those places in our lives where we've become confused. And what's neat is he comes and he comes as the judge and he begins to open us up to what is right and what is wrong. And as we begin to follow him, we begin to discover that his right makes our lives so much better and filled with so much more love. 
And so Jesus was very clear about this as he walked on this earth. And and he realized that there were things that the Jewish people were doing that, that was a part of their tradition, which went totally counter to what God asked them to do. And so they, they, they had these, uh, these rules about uh, if, you, if you gave money and, and you said this money is for the Lord, uh, then if your mom and dad were hurting and needed some funds, it was okay. You still gave the money to the Lord because, um, you know, that, that's what you said you would do. And Jesus said, but what, what about the scripture that says honor your father and mother? And so... What we see is Jesus says this. This is interesting. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? This morning, we really need to stop and look carefully at what God's word says about us. And where we stand in relationship to that. Because he's the judge. He's the one that decides what's right and what's wrong. You say, well, I want to decide for myself what's right or what's wrong. When you begin to do that, first of all, you place yourself as God. And second of all, your your vision, your understanding only goes so far. God's understanding is, is unending. So you'll find yourself in, in a confused place value wise, unless you put your trust in Jesus. Because you see, he has the answers, what's right and what's wrong. Micah was confused, the honest thief, and yet if he'd have known the king, if he'd have known the, the almighty God who loved him and placed before him what's right and wrong, he would have known so much better. You, you remember when the, Adam and Eve were in the garden and uh, there was that tree there. What was the name of that tree? tree of well, that was in there. The tree of life was in there, yeah, and there was another tree. What was the other tree? The tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And Satan comes along and whispers in there. This is what he says. He says, if you'll eat of that tree, you'll be like God, being able to decide what's good and what's evil. Does that sound interesting? And, and so they took of that fruit. Why? Because they wanted to be able to decide for themselves what was right and what was wrong. There's another problem with that. If I decide for myself what's right and what's wrong, and you decide for yourself what's right or what's wrong, then we run into problems, right? Because I've, I've come to realize that what I believe is right and what's wrong, and what you believe is right, is right and what's wrong, is frequently different. So then who decides? The judge decides, exactly. And who is that judge? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the good news is he's a judge of mercy and of grace to help us see what's true, what's right, and what's best. And so some of us want to cut out what we don't like and throw it away. But let me tell you, if you do that, you're going to find yourself picking and choosing, doing it yourself. And you'll find yourself confused in your values. Uh, And then Micah decides he's going to do his own religious thing. I love this. He, he decides he's going to create his own religion uh, because he doesn't like all the other religions. He's going to create his own. And so what he does is he builds a shrine. And this wasn't unusual for people of that day to have household shrines. And they put up this shrine and they would go there and they would uh, worship and they'd worship their idols. And, and, 
uh, Micah decides to m- make his own ephod. And the ephod, of course, was a Jewish thing. So he's going to drag some Judaism into this. And the ephod was a, a breastplate that was re- worn by the priest. And you could uh, use that to help determine what was right and what was wrong. So maybe if I couldn't figure it out, I could uh, use this... Uh, this thing that I've made to try to figure it out. And then finally, he decides to anoint his own son as the priest. Well, that's all all well and good, right? He had his own religion. He figured it out for himself. The problem was, when it came time to really make good decisions, and as you read through the rest of the chapter, you'll discover that it became very difficult for him uh, to get anything out of his religion. Because religion quickly becomes empty. It becomes a bunch of rules. It becomes a bunch of do this, do that. All religions turn out that way if all it is is a religion, a bunch of rules. Uh, and uh, I've been in some Christian churches uh, that have a whole bunch of rules, and it's more about rules than it is about a relationship with Christ. And see, the neat thing about our faith is that it's not a bunch of rules. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. And so it's not about following all these rules. God helps us see what's right and wrong, but we don't go around trying to follow a bunch of religious rules. Instead, we go about trying to have a better relationship with Jesus Christ. And the closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get to each other. And the closer we get to each other, the more we experience the grace and the goodness of God. And then our lives become full. Our lives have purpose and meaning. We go around trying to serve Jesus because we know how much He loves us, not because He calls us to follow a bunch of rules. It becomes a whole different mindset uh, for those of us who have become followers of Jesus Christ. So Jesus shares this message, um, and and he, He talks about the differences between following a bunch of rules and putting your trust in Him. He said this, You have let go of the commandments of God and are holding on to human traditions. Rather than having a relationship with God, we're busy trying to keep a bunch of rules. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but some of you may have come this morning because somehow you wanted to be a part of a religion. Like somehow, uh, if I followed the right rules, if I had the right um, um, set of uh, standards, then I would find fullness in life. But the truth of the matter is the only way to find fullness in life is to have a relationship with God and he's made that possible through Jesus Christ. And the neat thing is it's not a do religion. It's a done experience. You see, that's why when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. He wanted you to know that he has done all the work. There's nothing you can do to get God's favor. Jesus has already done it. He just wants you to have a relationship with him. And he offers you that relationship. And when you accept that relationship, then God accepts you as his child. And that's all it takes. The scripture says, all you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Not can be, not might be, not could be, but you shall be saved. It's a wonderful gift that God offers this morning. And he offers it to you. Micah had no clue what it was like to have a relationship with the almighty God. There were those in Judaism who had a relationship with the Almighty God and discovered His grace and His mercy and were able to walk with God and know God. But Micah had no clue about that, so he tried to create his own religion. He tried to find his own way. He tried to do it himself. 
and he found his life empty. What about you? I often think of, of someone who's fallen overboard. You know, you know, in these cruises, I'm not going on a cruise because people fall overboard. Have you noticed that? <sighs> and it's amazing, isn't it, to be, uh, uh, you're in the middle of the ocean, and I don't know if any of you have ever been in the middle of the ocean where you can't see land anywhere around. Uh, but there's this strange experience when that happens, and I can't imagine what it would be like to fall over and be in the middle of the ocean by yourself treading water. And my guess is there's a whole lot of things that go through your mind. At first you think, well, maybe they'll see me or maybe someone will notice and they'll stop and and turn around. Do you realize how far they have to go to turn around? By that time you'd be done. And then maybe you begin to think, well, I'll just tread water because I I know I can tread water for a long time. How long do you suppose that's going to last you? Even some of the strongest uh, people will not last all that long treading water. And then my guess is you realize you can't do it yourself. And there's no one going to help you. Then the question is, where do you turn? And I hope you realize that that's where we are in life. Because we're in a deep ocean. And there are people who may swim by saying, hey, just swim and follow me. But if you're in the middle of the ocean, you're never going to make it to land. And there may be other boats that pass by and say, hey, hop on our boat, we'll get you to land. Uh, But there's no way they'll see you because you're just this little speck in the middle of the ocean. And the good news is there's a God who sees you, he saw me in the middle of the ocean. And he comes by and he offers you life. He offers to pick you up out of that ocean and have you with him. For all eternity. See the ocean we live, with, we live in. Is an ocean of sin. A place where we have. Tried to do it ourselves. There's no way we can do it ourselves. But the Lord Jesus. Has done it for us. And if we grab hold of the ring. When he throws it. And this morning he's thrown it your way. If you just grab hold of that ring. You could find life. And life forever. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for being willing to show us the truth and help us, Lord, to not just know the truth, but live the truth. We thank you, Lord, this morning that uh, in those places where we can't do it, you come and you've done it for us. And forgive us for trying to take over like we could do it ourselves. Help us, Lord, to trust you. This morning, Lord, we lift up to you those who come this morning without a relationship with you. Maybe they've been trying to do it on their own and they find themselves sinking at times. They'd really like to be lifted out of the ocean, placed on solid ground. This morning, we pray, Lord, that they would reach out to you as as you reach out to them and that you would pick them up. And save them as you have saved us. Lord Jesus, as your people, help us to know you as the truth. To follow you as the way. And live in your life. For you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.